that. Amen. James chapter 5. We're going to read a few verses here in the last part of James chapter 5. If you look there with me. We have uh, this month of January, we've been looking at different examples in the scripture of people uh, who, uh, who were people of prayer. We talked about Moses and uh, the kind of person he was, the kind of praying he did. Uh, we talked about Jonah. And uh, today um, we're going to talk about Elijah. Pray like Elijah. This is from James chapter 5 and uh, verse 13. This is where we'll start reading. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And by the way, we practice that. We believe that that's the right thing to do. Sister Naomi, when she called me last night, I said, well, have you been to the doctor? She said, you know, we just don't really go to the doctor much. Um, our mother always prayed for us when we got sick and we got better. And um, so she said, that's why I called you, because I want the church to pray for, for us. We believe in the power of prayer and we believe that if you uh, are sick, it's the right thing to do is to call for the elders of the church to come and pray. Amen. The Bible says, pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Amen. And I had that, I've had that experience all of my life, even when I was just a, a young boy, that I, I remember having the flu and being sick with fever. And my mom called the pastor, and here he came to the house and uh, brought his anointing oil with him and prayed for me, and I got better. And I praise God uh, for, um, uh, just doing it the Bible way, following the pattern of the scripture, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and, uh, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. If you want to read about uh, uh, Elijah, you have to go back to 1 Kings chapter 16 and 17 and 18 and you can read about this man, Elijah. Uh, who uh, uh, his very name just meant uh, uh, like God or uh, uh, to be like the Lord. Uh, and uh, when Elijah stepped on the scene, he came out of nowhere. He was like John the Baptist that just came out of the wilderness and uh, he just showed up uh, and um, began to make a real 
uh, mark upon Israel. Israel was in a terrible decline, a terrible mess whenever Elijah stepped on the scene. So there was no coincidence to his appearance because he was called of God, appointed of God for such a time as that, at such a time as this. He was called of the Lord. Elijah was known as uh, a praying prophet. And uh, he was uh, Elisha the Tishbite. So he was from a place that nobody had ever heard of. It never was on the map. I mean, it was just a, an insignificant place. But how many knows that God many times calls people from out of insignificance uh, to do something with their life? Amen. And uh, to make a mark in uh, uh, the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God. So he was uh, a Tishbite, which was of Gilead. And uh, the, that area, that region was nothing but rocks and sand and desert. And uh, he came literally out of the desert, just like John the Baptist. That's why that, that when John the Baptist stepped on the scene, they thought it was Elijah. They thought it was him. He was going to come in the same spirit and the same way that Elijah uh, came. Uh, remember John, Matthew 3 and 4, that John had raiment of camel's hair and uh, a leather girdle about his loins and his meat was locust and wild honey. And they thought, this guy is, who is he? He is wild. And, uh, but whenever he stepped on the scene and began to preach repentance, the crowds flocked to him uh, to hear the message of, of repentance. And so uh, John the Baptist was like Elijah. Even Jesus was like Elijah. He was mistaken for Elijah when they said, who do you say that I am? They said, he must be Elijah or one of the prophets. Who is this man? Uh, Jesus. And so uh, Elijah, even though he came uh, from uh, obscurity and insignificance, uh, yet God raised him up and his most powerful thing that he did was not just his preaching, but it was his praying. Elijah was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. And we can learn some things from many of these great men and women of God of the scripture and how to pray. And we need to learn how to pray like Elijah prayed and uh, to call upon the name of the Lord. We don't know anything about his parents, his family, his heritage, um, we know that he was an Ishmaelite, so he wasn't even an Israelite. And so uh, certainly he would not uh, um, have the, the, the authority uh, to rebuke the Jewish uh, religious leaders, but God was calling him and God was going to use him to step on the scene and to preach at a time of terrible decline in Israel. You remember Ahab was the king. At that time, Ahab, the Bible says, he did more evil than any king ever before him. There was no one. He did evil above all that was before him. The Bible says that he did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Ahab was a bad guy. He was a bad king. And then... Uh, to make it even worse, he married a pagan wife. Her name was Jezebel. 
He married Jezebel, who was a daughter of a Baal worshiper who was wicked and evil. Her name means without cohabitation or unmarried. And uh, now she married Ahab, but she lived like a woman that wasn't married. She was on her own. She was, she was uh, masculine. She was strong and fierce and passionate and evil. She was strong-willed. She possessed a dominant uh, personality. Uh, she didn't have any moral character or moral sense uh, about her. She was hardened uh, to, to things that were right. And that combination of this evil king Ahab with Jezebel, this wicked, wicked woman, that, that combination brought terrible destruction to Israel. So much so that uh, literally what she was determined to do is to remove the God of Israel and the worship of the true and living God out of Israel. Wanted to wipe it out. It doesn't sound too much different than what we're living in right now in the United States of America. There's a lot of people that would like to remove God, the God of the Bible, uh, from the American way and uh, to remove the things of God from the American uh, uh, culture and lifestyle. And uh, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people, but I do believe that God raises up people and he raises up the church. He raises up believers. And it's no coincidence that we are living in a time like this because we are called of God to pray like Elijah to pray and to have the courage and the boldness and the determination uh, to come against the spirit of the age. Jezebel and Ahab, they set out completely to annihilate the worship of the true and the living God. She, they killed the prophets and put them all in the hiding places. Uh, they desecrated the temple. They, they were out to destroy uh, the, the true and the living God and true uh, worship. And so if we're going to pray... Like Elijah, then we need to understand that we are called for this particular time. Uh, a lot of times people will say, oh, we're living in such bad times. I wish I could have lived in another time because these are such wicked and evil times. And certainly it's true that they are, but we're called to this age. We're called to this time. We have a call of God uh, to this particular time that we're living in right now. As evil and as awful as it is, we need to recognize that we are called to pray against this present circumstance and to pray in the time that we're in right now. This is a time right now when the people of God must seek the Lord and call upon the Lord and come against the spirit of this age that wants to bring destruction and to destroy the work of the church. Do you know just the mention of the name of Jesus uh, gets people stirred up now? They don't want to do it. I saw this little clip. You can see anything on your phone. I saw this little clip of a football player who claims to be a born-again Christian and must be. He gives testimony to the fact that he is. And, uh, and so they were interviewing him. And he said, well, first of all, I just want to give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And NBC News that was interviewing him, it showed the, the clip that they actually aired. They completely took that part out. 
And then he, all the other stuff that he was going to talk about, his, his game and everything that he was playing in, they took out the fact that he said, well, I just want to give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear that. The world don't want to hear it. They want to hear anything about God, anything about the things of God, nothing about the name of Jesus, nothing about the Bible, nothing about salvation. They want to remove it all if they possibly can. That was the same spirit that prevailed in the time of Ahab and Jezebel. And that was the very time that, uh, that Elijah was called to speak and to pray against that particular time. So if you want to pray like Elijah, then just understand that you are called to pray right now during this present situation, in, this, in the middle of this culture, in the middle of this mess that we're in in our world right now, in this anti-God, anti-Christ spirit, we are called of God uh, to be a people of prayer right now in the midst of all that's going on right now in our world, just like Esther, who understood that she was called for such a time as this. You and I, folks, are called for such a time as this. And, and uh, we need to take on the burden of prayer to pray like Elijah did, uh, even though we're faced with a lot of things around us right now. There's a great word that I don't really use much at all, but it's a great word, the word audacious. Audacious. The word means Willing to take surprising and bold risk to step out, to step forward. You see, Satan loves to intimidate the church. He loves to intimidate Christians. He wants us to put us in the corner somewhere. He wants to silence the voice of the church. But that word audacious needs to uh, describe uh, the church of these last days that we're living in right now, that we are courageous and that we are bold and we're willing to step out and we're willing to pray prayers, even though the enemy wants to silence. Have you ever caught yourself in the presence of people that, well, they don't really, they want to hear about the things of God. They don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to hear about what God is doing in your life or, uh, you know, they would rather hear about everything else that's going on in the world, but they want to hear about the things of God. And it kind of causes you to shrink back and think, well, maybe I should just be humble and quiet and silent. And, and uh, oh, no, that's not the world we're living in right now. We need to be a people. I understand that there's times when we maybe may need to defer. But, at the, but for the most part, we're living in a world and a culture right now that they need to know the truth. They need to hear the gospel. They need to know you're a person of faith. They need to know you believe the Bible and that you need to be a person that's willing to call upon the Lord in the present situation that we're in. Amen. The New Testament, there's a, especially in the book of Acts, the word bold or boldness is there, is, is there dozens of times and it just means daring or courageous. And uh, there were those in the book of Acts um, that were under threat of their life. They were facing all of these things. Many were being persecuted. Many were troubled by the circumstances that were going on. And, and they had to take a bold stand. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness 
of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. The world is amazed and surprised when you've got the courage to stand up for what's right. Amen. Amen. But that's what we're called to do. If you want to be like Elijah, if you want to pray like Elijah, then you're going to have to be bold and courageous and determined uh, to speak up. And, and so the, the, uh, Peter and John, when they perceived that they were ignorant and un, uh, uh, unlearned, they marveled that they, and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word of God. Verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. Amen. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed to speak up. I've told you this before, but I worked under a pastor when we were just fresh out of Bible school. I went to the hospital on hospital visits uh, with him. And, and we went into the room and the room was filled with people. All these family and people, none of them were Christian people uh, that, I, that I knew of anyway. And, uh, and so uh, the pastor stepped up and he said, well, we have come to pray. And it got awkward in the room. And everybody was kind of quiet. And, and, uh, but the pastor just lifted up his voice and he prayed for that person in that sick bed. And then we left. And he said something to me that I never have forgotten. He said, when you go to the hospital, you go to pray for those people. They don't just need a nice visit. They don't need just you to comfort them and, and, and pat them on the hand. They, they need what you can do because you're a man of God and you're, you have gone in there to call upon God in their behalf. And so I've, I've been in many cases where I've stepped into hospital rooms where it would have been a lot easier just to say, well, I'm going to slip out now. I'm going to go on. Instead of saying, no, I have come to pray. I have come to pray. But God, give us boldness and courage uh, when the t- opportunity comes um, that we call upon the Lord and we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So here's Elijah, the Tishbite, walking out of the wilderness. Nobody, nobody knows who he is, where he's come from. And he steps right in and he comes right into the palace. Must not have been good security. He steps right into the palace and, and he speaks Right and confronts Ahab and Jezebel, and uh, and lets them know God is alive. You may think you're stamping out the true and the living God. You're killing the prophets and you're destroying and desecrating the temple. But I've come to tell you that God is alive. This is this is uh, 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 the message that Elijah uh, brings when he steps in. Um, Uh, to that palace that day. He came in there to tell them that God is living and God is alive. And and then he told them that uh, that, uh, it's it's not going to rain. It's going to be three and a half years and it's not going to rain. He is the God that is alive. The God that I serve and the God that I stand in his presence before whom I stand, he said, that God is alive. Alive. Amen. Praise God. If you want to pray like Elijah, then you need to declare to a world that really 
may not want to hear it. They may reject uh, the reality, but you are a representative. And I believe that, that the reason that Elijah prayed with such prayer, power and such courage is because he understood that he was a representative for God in that evil kingdom and that God was going to use him to, to change things, to turn things around and let them know that God was alive even though he was trying to stamp out the name of the Lord. Amen. And again, we are right now living in an American culture that uh, uh, it's pretty much, I mean, Hollywood is so anti-God, so anti-Bible. It's just sad. The news media, anti-God. I mean, about 90% of it. Anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-the things of God. It's just unbelievable uh, the kind of situation that we're in in our country right now. That people are afraid to stand up and give a testimony for the things of the Lord. But we are living in a time right now that we need to be like Elijah. And stand up and declare that he is alive. And that God is able to work in these present days. I know this was Job. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand at the latter day. We need to declare that to a world that is convinced that God is not alive and not real. Amen. Amen. We have the call of God. He had an unshakable faith and a confidence in a living God, a true and a living God. And he was willing to declare that in the face of a culture that hated the things of God. Amen. The Bible says that he also spoke to them with such power and authority. He said, the God before whom I stand. That was Elijah who spoke those words as he was there in the, uh, the, the, the court of the palace of Ahab and Jezebel, Jezebel, the God before whom I stand. The only reason that he was able to come out of the wilderness and to step into that environment with such faith and courage is because he had been with the Lord. He had been with the Lord and he had power with God. Amen. That phrase is also used by Gabriel when he appeared uh, to Mary and said the angel or to Joseph angel answering unto him said, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. The same phrase. I stand in the presence of God. And Elijah said, I stand in the presence of God. And that has given to me courage to come into this palace and to speak up for the name of the Lord. Amen. I want you to know that if you are willing to seek the Lord in private, that he will give you the courage to stand up for him in public. Amen. He'll give you the courage and the boldness to stand up in uh, the presence of the enemy and those that would oppose the gospel. Amen. He would enter into the throne room and then he would come out boldly in power, uh, the power of the Spirit with faith and confidence and courage uh, to stand up against the present situation. Amen. Many of you heard of George Mueller. George Mueller was a pastor and a missionary in England in the mid-1800s. He was well known for his ministry 
to orphans in Bristol, in England, in uh, the mid-1800s. It's said that he ministered over 10,000 orphans in the years of his ministry there. He believed that God's work was to be done in God's way. And so he would not ask for anything. He trusted God to supply everything that he would need. But the key to George Mueller's success is that he spent two to three hours every morning before the sun came up. He spent that in the presence of the Lord. And he waited on the Lord. And he prayed in those early hours. That gave him the courage and the boldness then to do some of the things and some of the stories that you've heard about uh, God's amazing uh, provision for Mueller and for his orphanage. Amen. He read the Bible through more than 200 times. I'm telling you, he spent time in the presence of God in the, in the early part of the day so that throughout the day he would have the boldness and the courage to pray simple prayers of faith. Amen. Praise God. One time he had 300 orphans. Uh, the house mother came to him and said, the children are all ready for breakfast, but there is nothing in the cupboard, nothing in the kitchen, no food. 300 orphans. He said, we'll get them all dressed and bring them to the table and set the table. And so she did. All 300 of the orphans seated at the table with an empty plate and an empty cup and a spoon there at the table. And, uh, and so once they're all gathered there to the table dressed and ready for breakfast, the Bible said, or, or the, the book the, that I read about Mueller said that he thanked God for the food that was going to be provided and he prayed a simple little prayer and after he prayed, just a few moments later, someone knocked on the door and a baker in town said, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and God told me to make three batches of bread and bring them to you. And Mueller said, so children, God has not just provided bread, he has provided fresh bread on this morning. And they thank God for it. A few minutes later, another knock came on the door. It was the milkman. His milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage. And uh, he said, I have to offload all this milk. I have to get rid of it because I can't repair my cart with all this milk on it. Could you use this milk? So then Mueller says to the children, so he's provided fresh bread and fresh milk for us for this morning. And they praise God and thank God for the provision of the Lord. Amen. Now, how do you pray simple prayers throughout the day that bring such powerful results? The only way you can is, is if you have been in the presence of the Lord earlier. Amen. He had already. And so Elijah said, I stand in the presence of God, the God in whom I have stood in his presence. And so it was because... <coughs> He stood in the presence of the Lord that he was able to go in there and to declare that day that there is not going to be rain for the space of three years and six months. No rain. Praise God. Amen. 
How did he pray those kind of powerful prayers? Elijah prayed those prayers because he had spent time in the presence of the Lord. And then he could just claim the promises of God. Amen. And see God provide uh, for him. Amen. The reason why he was able to, to pray the prayer and to declare that day to uh, Ahab and Jezebel that it wasn't going to rain for three years and a half was because he knew the promise of God. He knew the word of God. And God had spoken to the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy that if they were to move and to turn to idols, that God was going to shut off the rain. Shut off the rain. Elijah knew that promise of God's word, and so he prayed the promise of God. You want to pray like Elijah? You pray the promises of God. You pray the word of God. You pray what the word of God says, and you lay claim to the promise of God. He did, and it was from Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. Take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up the heaven that there be no rain. That the land yield not her fruit. Lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord God giveth you. So his prayers were powerful because he prayed early in the morning that gave to him the ability to pray simple prayers in the day and just claim the promises of God. And then he prayed the word of God. The promises that were already given to him in the word of the Lord. He prayed those promises of God and those things came to pass. I do believe that God has called us to pray like Elijah in, in the sense that we to pray prayers that confront evil, that confront evil, that are sometimes confrontational. Satan wants to intimidate, silence the church, silence the voice of the Christian, and, uh, but, but we need to pray, pray prayers that are powerful with God, and sometimes they are confronting the evil that is around you and around us. Amen. On your job, in your family, those that are around you that, that uh, reject the word of God and reject the things of God, reject uh, uh, the truths of God. You know, the world is so bold. They're so bold about their life and their lifestyle and their, their resistance of God and the things of God and rejection of the things of the Lord. And many times it causes us to back off and to be quiet and just, you know, let them take the lead. But let me tell you, if you're going to pray like Elijah, then we need to pray bold prayers that are powerful and sometimes confrontational. Amen. Let's stand up in the present world that we're facing right now. I understand there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to, to humble yourself and to just, just back off. But there's also a time to speak up. There's a time to be bold. There's a time to take a stand. There's a time that uh, even though it stirs up the devil and he doesn't want to hear it. Uh, Elijah knew that they did not want to hear about the, the true and the living God. But yet 
He goes right into the palace and confronts them and declares what God is getting ready to do. Elijah was powerful in his prayers. Came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? It's interesting that the world thinks that if we stand for righteousness and we stand for God, we stand for the truth of the word of God, that we're to stir up trouble. We're just stirring up trouble. And, uh, but Elijah's response was, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Amen. It's amazing to me how that the world, they want to point their finger at the church and at Christians and at the Christian testimony and say, it's all because of you. You're the one that causes all the trouble. You stir up all the trouble. No, there has to be a determination and a courage like Elijah had to stand for what's right and even to pray confrontational prayers. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. To pray against the spirit of this age that wants to stamp out the message of the gospel and stop what God is wanting to do. He doesn't... The enemy hates revival. He hates a move of God. He hates it when the church is advancing. He hates all the things that God wants to do for you and your household, your family, and all the wonderful ways that God uh, can work in your behalf. But God has called us to pray powerful prayers. And many times they're going to be considered confrontational by the world. You're, you're just causing trouble. You're just stirring up trouble. You're just upsetting everything by your, by your uh, testimony and your love for God and you're following after the things of God. By your willingness to take a stand for what's right. You're just stirring up trouble. <laughs> just like Ahab and Jezebel. But Elijah was so courageous, he said, oh no, I'm not the troubler. I'm not the troubler in Israel. You're the one that's caused the problem. You have stirred up the problem. You're the troublers of Israel. You're the ones that have done this. And he confronted them with such power and authority. The only reason he can have authority, and by the way, the way that we gain authority, pray in authority, is we submit ourselves to God. Amen. It's not that we have authority or we demand authority. We have authority because we are under authority. And we submit ourselves to God. When you submit yourself to God, then you have power with God. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the police officer, the sheriff's deputy, he has authority. And it's not just the badge that's on his, on his uh, uh, vest or on his shirt. He has authority because he has submitted himself to the law. He has submitted himself to his authorities. And so now he has been sworn in to keep the law and he has power and authority. And you and I have authority to pray against the spirit of this age when we submit ourselves unto God. Amen. The Bible says that we can pray prayers like Elijah. He was a man subject to like passion. What does it mean? It just means he was just like you and me. He was just human. We think of these prophets and these apostles and men of God. We think of them as, wow, spiritual giants. 
But this verse says he was human. He was like you and me. He was just common. Elijah uh, was a commoner. He was a desert dweller. He wasn't even an Israelite. The only thing that gave him power and authority is that he had submitted himself to God and he had spent time in the presence of God. Amen. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as, as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And then he prayed again and he prayed and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Amen. We are called of God in these last days, as dark as they may be, they're similar to the days of Ahab and Jezebel. There's a lot of similarities to their day, to the day that we're living in right now. And the church has kind of been beaten down and intimidated and, you know, be quiet, be softer, don't, don't, be, don't be so brash, don't be so bold. And I understand sometimes it can, you can go, you know, overboard on some of this, but the reality is that that's not what's going on right now. A lot of times the church is just, has just been intimidated and quieted uh, by the voices of our culture and that we need to be willing to be bold and courageous and to stand up for the Lord and to proclaim the gospel even in the dark circumstances of our world right now. Amen. We have been called of God. The verse that's quoted oftentimes is a powerful verse there in that text. It says, the effectual... Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. The effective, on fire prayer of a man of God gets a lot accomplished. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're called to do. We're called of God to pray prayers that are effective, they are powerful, they are fiery prayers. Amen. They're fervent prayers. That we mean it with all of our heart. That we, have pour, uh, we are pouring out our heart before the Lord. The effectual or the effective prayer is the prayer that's fervent. It's the fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman. Man or woman of God. Whenever you come before the Lord to pray, you have power with God because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because of all that he's done for you, because of the forgiveness of sins, because he has positioned you in Christ Jesus, and you have power and authority to pray fiery prayers, powerful prayers. Hallelujah. Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man gets a lot accomplished. Amen. If we could just be reminded here today of a lot of things that we don't see happen we don't see um, uh, take place because we just don't pray about it. We just don't take it to the Lord. We're not willing to call upon the Lord. I guess we should ask ourselves the question a lot of times is, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you called upon the Lord? Sister Naomi said, we never went to the doctor. We've hardly went to the doctor. She's been to the doctor one time. In her life. She's 77 years old. 
She said, well, and she gave me story after story. This was going on. This happened. And, and uh, our mother just said, uh, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And she would pray, and we would get better. She would pray, and things would turn around, and God would move in uh, our, our, our needs. And, and uh, many times when they were out traveling, in the middle of the night, when they faced dangerous situations on the highway, her mother would awaken in the night and pray for them. And they knew that they could depend on the power of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. God give us people that have that kind of faith and courage and a willingness to depend upon a God. Amen. The question should be, have you prayed about it? Amen. Too often we're willing to, you know, go to the help that men can offer us, doctors and lawyers or whatever, and uh, we need to look to the Lord and call. Have you prayed about your situation? Have you taken it to the Lord? Are you calling on God in your present situation? We need to pray prayers like Elijah that were fervent, that were effective, amen, that brought about real results because of the kind of praying that he did. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the wonderful example in the scripture of people like Elijah who prayed. And Lord, all throughout his, his ministry and all those chapters there in Kings and Chronicles that give all the stories and the events of his life again and again and again, he lifted up his voice to heaven and you moved for him. And Lord, I just pray that we would be reminded today that you're a God that can and will answer prayer in our behalf if we'll bring our needs to the Lord today. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me here this morning?